Welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, a resource created by Lighthouse Family Retreat to strengthen families that are living through childhood cancer. You will hear stories from families, educational information on childhood cancer, and most importantly, we will encourage your family during this journey. Today, Christy and I have the pleasure of sitting down with some of our good friends, Joe and Jen Moore. The Moores have traveled the journey of childhood cancer and come out on the other side and they are going to share with us some of the things that they've learned through that. I've had the unique pleasure of serving the Moors on a retreat. When they first came uh, to their very first retreat, my family and I, we were their first family partners. And so I got to know them and their family through that, and we've been connected and close uh, since then. So really excited to sit with Joe and Jen. Well, hey, Joe and Jen Moore, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We're super excited to have you guys. All right. Hey. We're excited to be here with you guys. Thanks yeah. so much for inviting us. Absolutely. So this is a, str- a really special treat for me. I've known you guys a long time. And so I've been super fortunate and blessed to know your story and get to know you guys personally and your family. I know Christy knows you guys as well. And, and so I'm excited for everybody that's listening to get to hear from you guys because I think they will be blessed by your story and just getting to know who you guys are. So super excited for them. So I mentioned we know you but everybody listening doesn't. So why don't you take a few minutes and give everybody a little bit of info about who are the Moors? Tell us about you guys, your kids, uh, yeah, and whatever else you guys want to share about just who are the Moors. Absolutely. We'd love to. So I'm Jen Moore and my husband, Joe Moore, and we are coming to you from Richmond, Virginia. We have two children. Uh, right now, Jacob is 13 and Macy is 11. And we moved here in 2001. We both grew up in upstate New York and we met in college. So it's been quite a few years now that we've been in Richmond. And how long have you guys been married? Oh my gosh. Joe, Joe, 18 years in October. I was was practicing waiting for that question. You were were waiting. (laughs) Well done, Joe Moore. You did all the math ahead of time. Yes. That's that's why I was quiet here for the first few seconds. That's a good plan. Yeah. (laughs) So Joe is here. He's on the podcast. So you you can hear him. Um, 18 years. That's awesome. Congrats. So that's a little bit about you guys personally. Tell us a little bit more about uh, what, where your cancer journey started with Macy? What did that look like? Give us some, some background on your story. I think I'll jump in on this part since I'm going to lean on Joe for some of the parts later on in our story. Um, and maybe that's when I get crying a little bit. So, so go, I'm going to take you back a couple years to January, 2013. And our daughter Macy was three at the time and our son was six and she had been experiencing some limping, having a hard time walking. And of course, cancer is the last thing that you're thinking about as a parent. Um, and we would take her to the doctors and we thought it was mono and we went back and forth. But I have to say, fortunately, our pediatrician diagnosed her fairly quickly. So for us, January 2013, we were thrown into the pediatric cancer journey. Um, To take you back, her diagnosis was ALL, leukemia. And of course, gosh, that word leukemia was something that we had never even learned about. And we were about to jump in and learn more than we ever had ever wished to learn. Um, Her diagnosis with leukemia is a two and a half year treatment journey. 
So just hearing those words and the length of time seemed like an eternity for us. Yeah, so interesting. I'll I'll share, I was two hours away at a work meeting on January 16th, 2013, when when Jen actually sent me a 911 text. I had never gotten that from her, but I knew what it meant. So I gave her a quick call and she just told me that the pediatrician had called her, the blood test came back and Macy had leukemia. And so, you know, immediately I left and got in the car and, you know, thinking back on it, it's actually, it was an amazing uh, thing that I was two hours away because it gave me the time to, I talked to our pastor, but just to think about it okay, you know, got to get into battle mode and we got a fight here. I don't know what it looks like, but it's going to be nasty and we got to do this. Mm. And so, yeah, for two and a half years. So Macy had for two and a half years with chemo, the whole time was chemo. Mm-hmm. And about a year in, this is part of the story, about a year into the diagnosis, um, she developed uh, popo, right? Uh, just a rash on her face. So we were going through treatment just as, just as planned, uh, but then this kind of hiccup, this bump in the road happened, and um, we went to the doctors, and they were thinking relapsed the entire time, and they even used that word with us, and so we were able to get in touch with another doctor, got a second opinion, and we might share a little bit about that doctor um, who's part of our story, but he, was able, he told us he's seen this all the time. He was an oncologist and an infectious disease expert. It's not a relapse, and so that was you know, thinking back, it was the initial diagnosis. And then that moment about a year later, uh, were the real rough spots uh, in the treatment and in the diagnosis. Yeah, for us, it really, I mean, the initial diagnosis, of course, was just horrendous for us. But then going a year into it, and you're thinking you're getting that much closer to being done. And then to hear the word relapse, that was really difficult for us. And We'll share a little bit and come back to some of the ways that we saw God working during that time and preparing us for it. But that's a a good glimpse into what our beginning journey looked like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know that's such a hard word for so many families that, that are going through childhood cancer is just the fear of that word of relapse. For you guys to hear that already just a year in, I can only, I can only imagine so how was, how was uh, Macy doing throughout this process? How did she handle things? So Macy is our uh, shy, little, quiet warrior. I, I always tell the story. I don't think she ever said a word to her doctor. Um, in two and a half in years. In two and a half years. Uh, and she was three at the time, or almost four at the time. So mm-hmm. she was old enough to communicate, but uh, she just, you know, she would do, she would do her thing, get it done and get out of there and. Uh, Jen and I would speak for her most of the time, and but she was, you know, it's amazing how children are so resilient and they uh, just get through things that the rest of us struggle through. And yeah. See, Macy thrived um, afterwards. Now she's doing so well yeah. with school, and uh, it's just amazing to see how she's doing. I do remember, though, thinking back to those early days, and Chris, you ask about how did Macy do and how did she handle it? And we'd be sitting in clinic and all these things would be going through my mind. And then I look over at her and she's just 
coloring and using stickers and still not talking to anybody, not talking to the nurses. And that was okay. We didn't want to force her. But, and then we, we, I, I remember vividly, some things are a blur, but some things are vivid. Coming home one day, she had just had a very strong chemo with another type of drug and they warned us of all these side effects. And she looked up at me when we got home and she's like, can I go outside and play? And I'm like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And here in my mind, you know, you just adults or parents, you think that it's not going to look that way. And then when your child looks up at you, it gives you that renewed sense of, you know what, this, this, we're going to get through this because of who she is. So yeah, I remember one of my memories is the first time she ever got chemo. I'll never forget the nurse put on, you know, like a Tyvek suit with gloves and everything to keep herself safe. And I was thinking, if she needs to put that on for this stuff that they're about to put into my child, like, mm. what's going on here? Like, and then to see how she progressed and did so well through it all, it was, you know, it's amazing how you have these little highlights in your mind when you ask those questions that stick yeah. out. Yeah brings you back when you guys um i'm gonna take you really uh, back again to the beginning but when you were first diagnosed it's first six weeks of the process like you know you're still kind of unsure you don't really know what's in front of you what were some of your biggest concerns like what were you thinking about you know not obviously not i mean you mentioned it looking at gosh this seemed like eternity two and a half years but just thinking about the impact on uh, on Macy, uh, on on Jacob, on your family, like what were some of your concerns that were running through your brain when y'all were first processing this? I'll just share that, you know, probably within the first 24 to 48 hours in the hospital, I remember it was like midnight or just after midnight, Jen, Macy was sleeping on Jen in a rocking chair in the hospital room. And I remember going over to Jen and, and, you know, in tears and just telling her, you know, you take care of Macy and I'll take care of Jake and I'll take care of you. And, you know, that has stuck with both of us um, for seven years. And that's how it was for us. It was, Jen was in the hospital with Macy or at home with Macy for, I don't know, 60 days, the first 60 days straight. And I was having to go to work and you know, take Jacob and keep him in his routine. And, and so it was those first 60 days, first six weeks are, you know, they only tell you so far out because they know you can, your brain can only handle so much, but it was just a new normal, but we were also, you know, and this is part of our, our other part of our story is that God had prepared me in such a way that I was, I was able to do that battle. You know, I'd just been on a Haiti mission, been on a mission trip to Haiti. I hadn't been baptized too far before this. Um, we were in the midst of just being part of our church and serving. And when the diagnosis came, my faith was pretty peaking, pretty high. And so I was able to see almost immediately in Gen 2 the, the, the way in which God was working immediately. So there wasn't a lapse of time where we were thinking, you know, this is horrible, you know, God did this to us or anything like that. It was all about, you know, just seeing where he's at work. And that gave us hope all the way through. Yeah. 
Yeah, you've mentioned to me several times that looking back, you saw ways that God kind of had prepared you in advance, like way back. Um, what are some of those things? Because sometimes it's hard, like you have to be kind of far out to look back and see them. But it sounds like you were aware as it was going on, which is an amazing thing to have that faith to help you through that. But what were some of the things that you looked back and said, oh, wow, this was set up just to help us get through this? Yeah. And when we were in it, well, I guess when God had presented different opportunities to us, never was I thinking, oh, he's preparing us for this pediatric cancer battle that we're about to go through. Of course, you don't know that. So it wasn't until we were in it that we were making all those connections. But one big thing in my mind was, um, or in my life, was 18 months prior to Macy's diagnosis, I had been working for the same very large company for 13 years, loved my job, had a great role, great opportunities. And that was our life. That was our lifestyle. And almost overnight, um, God really called me into ministry to walk away from corporate, from a big Fortune 500 company. And it didn't take us very long to say yes to that. It just felt like that was what we needed to do. Jacob was about to get on the school bus in the fall. And I was determined to be, to be the person putting him on the school bus every day. But I didn't know what that looked like. And the day before somebody came to me to invite me to come work at their church, I literally was driving and put up my hands from the steering wheel and said, God, I can't figure out how am I going to do this work-life balance? I, I can't do this. Only you can. Put him up. It was raining that day. The next day, our pastor came to our home and said, I know you love my, your job. I want you to come work at a church. I mean, mm -hmm. I literally tell it. So fast forward 18 months. If we hadn't been looking out and if we hadn't trusted to say, God, I can't walk away from this six figure, this lifestyle that we had. Like we didn't know how we were going to make it work. I'll be honest with you. And we just did it. And we did it with such excitement. And then 18 months later, we're saying, I don't know how we would have made this work had I not been immersed in ministry, surrounded by people who were just praying for us day in, day night, serving us. So that is a huge part of our story um, now looking back. And, you know, when there's so much as we went through the journey and other little stories, but that for me was just set us up. And I think that grounded me to say, whoa, like, you better trust because if you had not done that. Um, and then there was somebody else in our life when Joe had talked about the infectious disease when Macy had that a year into it and I thought it was relapsed. It had been um, the brother-in-law of my bridesmaid um, when we got married years ago. We had sort of lost touch. And the night that she was diagnosed, she sent me her, and he's this big, doctor in Ohio. So I had a texting relationship with this very professional oncology slash infectious disease doctor. And that another, that's another reason I know God had put this person in my life so we can have that. So those are two big things looking back that were just what a huge comfort that had to be for you. Like as you're going through it, just like as an added, like, okay, 
we're being watched out for. Like, look at these things and the things that we ended up needing so badly and they were already prepared for us. That has to just give you, I mean, it sounds like your faith was strong to begin with, but that just has to give you like an extra just, I don't know, like being wrapped up in a blanket. Like we are, we are, we have, we have somebody, they are watching out for us. Yeah. And I think for me, I had grown up in church and we went to church, we did all that, but I could not tell you a story where I was so strongly convicted that, okay, God did that. I did not do that. I I don't think I had any story before that. And I was already mid thirties when this happened or early thirties. So yeah, that kind of rocked me to almost open our eyes even more, like watch out. (laughs) You never know. And Jen, we, um, I don't know that we would have, we would have met if you weren't on staff at that church. I mean, that's where really everything, as far as us getting connected, it came out of. And I just remember the, the community that you had surrounding you in the church and just the value and, and the impact that that had, uh, with you guys. So, yeah, I mean, just, we, so we don't have any family in Richmond. We moved from upstate New York where we went to college and, Jen was able to transfer down here after college or after law school for me and after uh, college for Jen. So no family here, but we, we did have family because we had a small group that we were leading at the time and they were amazing. Like, I don't know if God had put us in, in that place where we were with this group of people who just took care of us from the first night on. And I, you know, some people are surrounded by family. Um, We hear stories all the time of people who are, and surrounded by fam- like blood family in the, and it it's, doesn't work as well as a small group, you know, there's yeah. Yeah. You know, relationships. So, um, so that was another blessing that they, they just served us so well. The first night home, I remember they came and they cleaned and sanitized our entire house wow. so that we could have a place to come back to. And one of our small group members, who's now a big part of White House, left us angel bags at our doorstep every time we went to clinic Yeah, gift for Macy and a gift for us and a gift for Jacob. So, you know, just amazing. And just having that continued to give us hope along the journey. I think being surrounded by people who were serving and just, they naturally were sending me scripture. It helped me. I had made a note earlier. It just helped me to keep on track when I may have been distracted or wanted to go down a negative road. You know, someone just would send me a scripture daily for like 60 days and it helped me to almost be accountable. Like, okay, I need to ground myself back in that scripture that she's taking the time to send this to me and I need to respond and I need to read this. (laughs) You know, when I felt like I just couldn't think about much else outside my world, that really helps to have those people surrounding us. You guys have talked about, we alluded to it a little bit earlier, the idea of like pain for, for purpose, right? And that's got to be hard maybe for some folks to hear. Explain that a little bit. Talk through what do you mean when we say pain for a purpose? Because that's that's your phrase. You guys have kind of have labeled that and, and, and really talked about that there's purpose behind what you've been through. So spend some time talking a little bit about what that means to you guys. Well, it's, you know, that was my prayer early on uh, after the diagnosis was that if we're going to have to go through this, if Macy is going to have to go through all this pain of treatment and 
and the diagnosis, and all of that. And we, we're going to have to go through it, and Jacob's going to have to go through with it. Um, God's going to use it for good. There's going to be a purpose behind it. And we just have to keep our eyes open and be looking for it and looking for those opportunities. And, you know, the, the example I always give is within four months, literally within four months of diagnosis, three, three or four months of diagnosis is when we got connected to Lighthouse. Yeah. Um, and uh, Jen can share kind of that story of how we got connected. But once we were there, the first trip down to Destin with Chris and Jan Woodruff as our family partner, uh, family partners and the Richards, it was just amazing. And, you know, we didn't know anything about this organization and we drove an RV 14 hours to Destin crazy and, um, on a whim. With <laughs> right, Chris, crazy. <laughs> it's a good crazy. It's a good kind of crazy. With a daughter of, you know, a four-year-old who had just been diagnosed and had no immune system. And when we got there, it became very clear to me within probably three days of being on a retreat that this was, this was going to be part of our life for a long time. Uh, we were going to be coming back to serve and be part of this organization. Yeah, Joe, Joe definitely was the one praying for that. Um, I would say more than I was, I would just look at him like, you're already thinking about like, what's our future. And I just wanted to get through the next hour, frankly, or oh. half a day. Um, I had a hard time. I, I almost didn't want to look at the future because it was scary. Yeah. But I know he was very vocal about it and he would share with people. I'm just praying. What is our purpose? Don't let us go through this and waste it. So what is our purpose going to be? So that's where that came from with using our pain for his purpose and for really for his glory. Yeah. I've seen it. We've seen it firsthand, you know, over the last seven years through you guys circling back and serving. And, and now you serve in a role at Lighthouse. Um, for those that are you know not familiar with Lighthouse, like uh, an environment we have called Common Ground that, that mentors other families, you know, that are going through it in their middle of it. So I've seen God use you. I've seen purpose in that. Uh, I, I see purpose and hear stories of purpose and what you guys are doing today, just in your own community, you know, and supporting and, and loving on the families that are going through it today. And so I love that you guys uh, are thinking about your story bigger than that, because I, I think that's helpful for other families to give them some encouragement where they might be in the middle right now and it's dark and it's like, what in the heck is this going to be for, right? What are we ever getting on the other side? And if we do, what is this for? The fact that, hey, you are going to be able to use this and encourage someone else down the road and, and, and your journey is going to be able to bless somebody else, but it's hard to think about right now. Uh, but it it's there, right? And so I think you guys are just a great example and encouragement for those families that um, that may they may be wondering is there any reason or purpose behind this? And not that it was that it's happening on purpose, right? But how do you use it for purpose? Right? How do you use it for purpose? There's a lot of families that are going through it that are listening and they have leukemia and have a daughter with leukemia because you know girls and boys are different. Um, you know what what kind of encouragement or things would you share? with a family that's going through it that that maybe they need to hear. And like you guys, you know, it's the first couple months and, you know, you, you, it seems like eternity. What would you share with, with that family today? Yeah, just, you know, in thinking about that question um, a little bit before 
uh, we started talking, Chris, it was the, the question of why, if someone, you know, a family that we see in common ground might ask, why is my child going through this? And why now? And I just had this thought that, you know, I don't know, we may not know why. Um, you may never learn why. And, and our, di- our child's diagnosis and prognosis was really good. But we've sat in a room with families who their child is going to pass away. It's just a matter of days. And it's just, it's so sad. But what the encouragement I would give is to keep your eyes open and watch how God acts through your family. Watch how God acts through your friends and, and just see all the ways that God uses your story uh, to impact what he's doing. And, you know, it may not affect your day to day. It might be horrible. Finances might be horrible. You know, you might lose a job. You might lose friends and family members, but there's always something, there's always hope. And that's what we've learned through the, through this whole process is that, um, and for us, it's, it's the outlet has been lighthouse, you know, not just the organization lighthouse has become like a, I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a verb, but it's more than that to us and our family and our, to our community that we're part of. It's just a way of serving others and loving others without regard to anything. You just go and you love on them. And, uh, you know, for families that are going through this, if they can just, when someone brings them a meal, you know, that's God working through somebody and that's hope, you know? So that's what I would say. I agree with everything Joe just said. And I guess this kind of goes along with what you were saying, but I just keep thinking about seasons that you go through and God allows you to experience that. And I think every season you go through is a preparation for something down the road. And it could be a good season, a bad season, a season of ups and downs. Um, But I think as encouragement, if there's parents out there that are listening, this season will be over at some point and there will be a new season that you enter in. And I just don't want anybody to look back at that season and feel like they missed out because we could all stand in just in fear or be scared and all these great things that God has put in our lives is happening or going on. But if we're just staring at fear, you miss out on all of that. And I, I I feel like there's a lot of beauty that can be fine, be found. Um, I remember when we sit in the environment in common ground and some of us moms were like, oh, we would love coming home from the hospital just so we could do laundry. And someone who didn't get us would be like, why would you find joy in laundry? And we would just know because that means life is normal. Like I get to do my own laundry and not a friend or a neighbor or somebody else. So I think looking at your season and really embracing it, like this could be horrible, but you know what? This is where I am. I don't have a choice. So I am going to find beauty and find joy because God has been instrumental in orchestrating a lot of these things, whether it's people in your life. And like Joe referred to earlier, if you don't have your eyes open, it could be gone. And then that next season happens and you're thinking, wow, there was a lot that I could have learned from that and a lot of joy that I could have found, but I was just stuck in fear, you know, staring at a wall, scared. And don't, don't get me wrong. We're all scared at many, many points of this, but that's just a little bit of something that was on my heart to share as encouragement. I was just thinking, so what you were just saying, my, uh, my survivor is a senior and just graduated. 
And I've been thinking back to how much I loved that time with him. Like I was the go to the hospital clinic day person and I'm, you know, he's going to college and he's just the greatest. And I just think back and I'm like, I, we are, have such a different relationship because of those three years where we spent hours and days and just really, really connected way. And I'm just like, I'm grateful. Like I hate, I hate the journey and I hate that he had that, but looking, you know, being able to look back and think I would have missed that. Like I, I, I loved those clinic days, not for the fact that it was clinic, but I think we both kind of did. We came back and when, when he first went off treatment, I remember thinking, I must be weird because I miss him. Like I don't have that, you know, that he's a, he was a 10 year old boy. He was not going to spend all those days with his mama anymore. And so, and at 19, he's not going to either. So I, I was just, when you were talking, that's what I was thinking about is, wow, yeah, that was a season of a lot of scary, bad stuff, but some really, really sweet times too. Yes. And yeah. you know, Christy, just hearing that, it made me think that when, so when Macy was going through treatment, Jen was with her all the time. And I was, I went, tried to make every clinic visit, but other than that, I was at work or, so I kind of lost that time with Macy. I didn't have that connection. And that worried me after she came out of treatment and I was, she was always calling for mom. And I thought, goodness, I've got this relationship with my son that I don't have with my daughter. And so it scared me as a dad to think, am I going to have an impact on my daughter? How am I going to do this? Like, what does this look like? And now looking back in the last three years mm -hmm. since she's been off treatment, I've, Macy and I have this crazy, funny relationship. You're that, her favorite. You're the easiest. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm a disappointment. I, I roll over so quickly, but... But no, it's looking back, like good point. That's another blessing from God that I hadn't even thought about. Like, you know, it was for whatever reason it was meant to happen like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Well, uh, you guys, thank you so much for sharing your story, for sharing your wisdom, because uh, I know there's families out there that were really blessed by getting to hear from you guys and hear a little bit more about your journey and what you guys have learned. So thank you for just being open with your story and sharing it for others to, to grow from. Really grateful for you guys. We love you so much. We can't wait to see you in person, but uh, really appreciate y'all spending some time with us. All right. So thank you so much. Thank you guys. Miss thank you. you thank you for giving us the opportunity. If you want to hear more stories from families like the Moors, just keep listening to this podcast. Um, and if you know somebody that's going through the battle of childhood cancer, please share this with them. Um, for more resources and to learn more about what Lighthouse does for families, visit our website at lighthousefamilyretreat.org. We are really grateful you joined us today, and we will see you later on the next episode of the Lighthouse Podcast.